Thank you for joining us for Breakthrough with Pastor Jason Stanford. Breakthrough is a place where you can find community, encounter Jesus, and discover purpose. Please take a moment to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single message. Let's go straight into the service recorded at Breakthrough Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Well, Luke chapter 1, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, I didn't pray yet over the message there. I meant to, but we'll do that in a moment. But Luke chapter 1, this morning I want to talk to you about uh, cooperating with God. I want to encourage you this morning to cooperate with God. These are a couple of lessons from the life of Zacharias that I want to talk about as we sort of lead up to the Christmas story. Before the Christmas story, you might say, there was the birth story of John the Baptist in Scripture. And I want to look at some truths from that story this morning and look just at a couple of things that we can take as takeaways. That how Zacharias and maybe some lessons of how, how he cooperated with God or lessons that we've learned from him to receive from God. All right? And so Luke chapter 1, we're going to read a few of these verses and then we'll pray. We'll release our faith together because I want the Lord to help me. Amen. We have come for him to receive from him, to honor him, to give him the glory. And the Bible says that he'll give us utterance. But that's affected by you and I as we hear and as we want to hear from him. Amen. God, he fills hungry hearts. So let's just take a hungry heart toward God this morning. All right, Luke chapter 1, let's read this together. Verse number 5, all right. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judah, or Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughter of Aaron, and his name was Elizabeth. Her name, excuse me, was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. We'll look at that verse again in a moment. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let us take just a moment here. Let us pray. Let us put our hearts together. Let's believe the Lord. The Lord could say something to you this morning. Do you think the Lord could say something to you this morning to help you in any way? I believe he can. Father, we come, we agree, we come together in prayer this morning asking you to influence everything that I would say. Holy Spirit, help me speak the exact words that need to be said today. Give me divine utterance. 
Let me speak not uh, from my head, but uh, out of my spirit. Let me not speak with the power and authority of Jason, but Lord, under the authority of Jesus and the head of the church. And Father, will you reveal your word to us and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of it. Our eyes would be open that we might see, that we might do what is right in Scripture, that we might follow your ways, that we might cooperate with you in a greater way in our future than maybe we have in our past. So, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to speak to each one of our hearts today. And I give you all the glory for it, Jesus. You are the bread of heaven. You are the bread of life. And you are what we long for. And we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Here is the story of Zacharias. Notice it said something there in verse 6 that they were righteous. They were both righteous in verse 6 in the sight of God. Walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. So, I mean, listen, they obeyed God. They did what was right. They were doing all these things. But I want to give, I want to show you this truth and then I want to expound upon it here. And that's this truth. What do we cooperate with God? What, would, what do we, you and I need to do to receive everything that He wants to give to us? Friends, we need to cooperate with God. How do we do that? Here we go. Be faithful even when you don't feel like it. That's the first lesson I want to look at today from this passage. Be faithful even when you don't feel like it. Now let's expound upon that. Here the Bible says about Zacharias and Elizabeth that they were righteous people, that they were blameless and obedient, walking in the commandments of the Lord. I mean, listen, they did right before him. And I want to, you to understand, though, in the midst of them always doing right before them, it wasn't because they were always in a perfect season. It wasn't because their life was always perfect. It wasn't because everything went in their direction. It wasn't because that everything was right in their life. It wasn't because they had the perfect childhood or because they had the perfect adulthood and they had the perfect experiences and they had the perfect job and everything about their life was perfect because actually their lives weren't perfect. It, they weren't serving God. They weren't blameless before Him. They weren't faithful before Him because there was no hiccups in their life. They weren't faithful before him because nothing went wrong in their life. They weren't faithful before them because there were no disappointments in their life. There were. How do you know that? Because he, they desired to have a child. And we read about the message that the Lord sent to them. And an angel came, Gabriel, to appear before them and said that his petition had been heard. And that they would have a child. His name would be John. And not just any child. This child would have a special purpose and a special thing that God had given and assigned to them. And, and I believe God assigns things to us all to do and to accomplish. And yet his, his thing assigned to him certainly was of great importance. It, it caused greater influence. Now, the Bible says that they were, he was old. They were advanced in years. She was, past, she was advanced in years. Her womb was barren. So it's not that they just now come to this point in their life 
where they've just had a good season of life. Man, they've lived all these years and taken all these trips and didn't have to spend all this money on raising children and so they got to spend it on themselves and go and do all these things and you know they didn't have one donkey they had four and man they had all kinds of good stuff and they taken all kinds of trips and they lived a lot of life and so on and so forth and now they come to the end of their days and they kind of think you know what we ought to you know what let's have a kid together you know what we're kind of getting up there and you know what we're going to need a we're going to need a kid to take care of us so we better have one that's not really how the story's going here. They had wanted to have a child. In their life, this is a desire of their lives. It's something that they wanted throughout the course of their lives, but yet they arrive at this moment, advanced in years, past a childbearing age when you think it would happen, and yet they have never had any children, though it's been the desire of their heart to have children. So their life wasn't all perfect, yet they still were serving a perfect God. And even though their life was filled with some disappointment and some difficulties, yet they were faithful to God to serve Him and walk blameless before them. In fact, it says in verse number 25, this is after she's pregnant and so on and so forth, it says this in verse 25, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when He looked with favor upon me, meaning He gave them a child, to take away my disgrace among Men. That word disgrace means reproach. Now today in our society, we don't necessarily have those same connotations that they would have in that day. Sometimes today in life people choose not to have children and so on and so forth. And we know that still people today can struggle to have children and so on and so forth. If you find yourself in such a place like this, listen, God can heal the barren womb, hallelujah. And He can heal whatever it, it, the reason is. He's a, he's a God who gives the gift of, of life to us. Amen? But in this culture, that was even a larger thing. Multi-generational families and households and the togetherness, that, that doesn't always happen like that around today. Our culture is just different. And, and so you see here the importance of this. What I'm trying to indicate, this was a burden upon their life. Notice you've taken away my disgrace among men. My reproach from among men. In that day, there's a, a stigma associated. Uh, th there was something, why haven't they had any kids and this and that and so on and so forth. I mean, the children would have took care of the family. And so if you don't have them, then what's going to happen to you? And who's going to have to do this for you? And so on and so forth. And, and all these things in society, that's just what happened, right? Have children, large families, so on and so forth, whatever. And yet you can see here the burden of this. They felt the disgrace of this. They felt the weight of this. They felt the burden of this. Do you see this? This would have weighed upon them. So everything in their life isn't perfect, yet they were faithful to God even when their life wasn't perfect. They were faithful to a perfect God even when their life wasn't perfect. This is an important thing, friends. What is, what is Zacharias even doing when the angel comes to him? He's serving the Lord. He's going about his ministry. He's going about his assignment. He's going about doing what he's supposed to do and called to do. He's serving as a priest in the house of the Lord. It tells me this truth, friends, that our faithfulness to God should not be based on the favorableness of our circumstances. Our faithfulness to God should not be based on the favorableness of our circumstances. Another way of saying be faithful even when you don't feel like it. 
Did they have favorable circumstances? No. But they were still serving God, blameless before Him. Friends, you might find yourself, you know what? I didn't have the best start. That doesn't mean you can't have a great finish. I didn't have the, I didn't have the best environment around me. I didn't have this, I didn't have that, or you know what, this isn't going for me. You know, I've always been challenged in this way. You know what, I've, you know what? I've dealt with health issues here, and I've dealt with financial issues here. Friends, I'm telling you, be faithful to God even when you don't feel like it. Be faithful even when the circumstances around you aren't always favorable. And see, I've seen this trip people up before. Being a pastor and coming across people throughout my many years of uh, uh, being in the ministry. Going on, getting near 20, I guess now. I've seen people walk away from Jesus. I've seen people just totally get sidetracked, walk away because you know what? A family member didn't get healed and they got passed away. They didn't get that promotion. They lost their job, their finances. They got bankrupt. They lost their home. Or you know what? The relationship went sour and, and all of a sudden they, now, now their family is broken up and, and all these different kinds of things and, and misplaced blame in certain situations. And all of a sudden now they just... You know what? I don't want to go to church. I don't want to serve God. I don't want to do this. I mean, look at what happened here in my life. See, you're missing this understanding. You've got to be faithful even when you don't feel like it. It's not, well, I'm going to come to church this week because I had a good week. I'm going to come give praise to God this week because everything went right. I'm going to come because, you know what? I, I got paid this week and I got the right hours this week. I'm going to, man, I feel better this week. So, man, praise God, I got healed. I'm going to come to church. And, but when I'm not, I'm not. You know, or I've had a bad week. And anything hadn't went right. I'm not coming to praise God. I'm not coming to worship God. Friends, you've got to be faithful even when you don't feel like it. You know why? Because faithfulness prepares you, positions you to receive from God. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says this, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much, and he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? Meaning faithfulness in smaller things will grant you larger things entrusted to you. And if you've not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21, this is uh, the Jesus speaking about this parable to those he gave the talents to. Some did good with them and grew them for the Lord, another didn't. But to the ones that did, the two that did, he said this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of what? Many things. Faithfulness will position you to receive things from God. I remember a, a story. Uh, I had heard a minister. I was listening to a sermon a long time ago. And I remember the story. This minister was talking about how he was ministering in Africa at this church. And there was a gentleman there that served in the ministry and helped and just served the Lord. And, but he had had some kind of tragic accident, something that happened in his life. I don't remember how he came to this point or that, if that was disclosed or whatever reason, whether it was a, a, a born this way or, or um, some trauma of some sort happened. But his elbow was just totally put together, basically, bionically, by metal plates and screws and all kinds of things make, to make a hinge in there and to make it all work. And that's the way he had lived his life. And he believed God and believed that God was a healer, but he served God. He served the ministry he did whatever was called for him to do and asked for him to do. I mean, he just served the Lord. That was what he did. Well, 
he had a testimony and he was sharing it to this member, uh, to this pastor, this, this minister. And so now this minister is relaying this. And one night he had a visitation from the Lord. After many years of, of this, he, he was serving the Lord faithfully to serve God. Even though everything wasn't right in his life, he served God. Well, one night he had a visitation from an angel. And an angel came to him and appeared to him and gave a message to him from the Lord. And it said to him, you have been faithful to me. You have served me and you have done things for me. And now I'm going to do, I've been sent here to do something for you. And that next morning he woke up. And when he woke up, beside him in the bed was all, the, was all this metal. It was metal plates and metal screws and everything that was in his arm was now laying right beside him in the bed. And now his arm was completely restored, fully functioning, as if nothing ever happened to it again. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. In a moment, glory to God. In a moment. That's, listen, you got to be faithful even when you don't feel like it. You don't think that man ever was tempted to think, man, listen, why, why am I doing this stuff anymore for? Why am I this way? I mean, you know, someone's, I got hardship and it's harder and I don't have the full mobility of it and it hurts and all these kind of things. Be faithful even when you don't feel like it. Because in a moment, friends, God can restore and redeem and make new. They were barren for all these years, advancing these years, and it had never happened. But in a moment, what had never happened could happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Be faithful even when you don't feel like it. There's another lesson of importance here for us. And let's pick this up reading to grab a hold of this one. Luke chapter 1, verse number 13. We read this and then we'll move on to some other things to read here in this story. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. Now skip down to verse 18 of Luke chapter 1. Zacharias said to the angel, and the angel just got done his message. We read all that. Now we're picking up something new here. How will I know this for certain? Or how will I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. You want to cooperate with life to see God's promises be revealed in your life? Here's another truth, friends. Align your words with God's words. Align your words with God's words. Now, we're going to spend a few moments here, uh, the rest of our time, unpacking this together. Here is Zechariah has received, Zacharias has received a message from the Lord through this angel. You're going to have a son. You're going to name him John. Well, what is, and he says some other things to him. What is Zacharias's response to this great statement that is now, I mean, think about the desire of their hearts. Think about how awesome this moment is for them and their family. I mean, listen, I know when you come home from work and you have to give the download of the day of what's taking place and what's happened. I mean, you've got to think, Zacharias, look what he's getting to come home with, right? You won't believe what took place today, Elizabeth. Get ready. Make plans. Put your best dress on. Get ready. This is going to be awesome. You want to hear this news. Call everybody together. I want to celebrate what God has said. 
He shows up. You know, what's Zacharias' response to the angel? How do I know this is really going to happen? How can I know this is certain? Okay, listen, listen, listen. I understand if you just, it's a little whisper and it's a little insight on the inside of your spirit. You kind of feel like, eh, you know, I, I get it. You got to double check some things. An angel showed up in front of you <laughs> from the presence of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And trust me, when that happens, you feel all the glory and weight of such a moment. And your response is, how can I be certain this is going to happen? Hello, Zacharias. This is why I've come and sent here. He didn't just send somebody in the flesh to you, a friend, a family member to say, you know what, God's going to give you a child. He sent me. He sent someone in his direct service that can speak no other word than what I can say exactly from him. Has no flesh to get things wrong and mess things up and color things in a way. I'm saying this directly to you. And you know what Zachariah says? How could this be? I am old. My wife's advanced in years. That's an issue. And what is, God's, what, what is the angel's response to this? Well, here's what's going to happen to you since this is your response. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak unto the day when these things take place, verse 20 it says, because you did not believe my words. Why did God do that? Why did God cause Zacharias to now be mute and not be able to speak for this season of time? Is it because he wanted to have another miracle? Like, I didn't just want to give you a baby in the old, in a, when you're advancing your years, because that was going to be a miraculous thing. No, I also wanted to show everybody this. I can make you not talk and then start making you talk again. He didn't do it for that reason. We see exactly why I did it. Because you did not believe my words. Well, now, isn't that interesting? Because you did not believe my words. You know what God wanted? He didn't want man's. God didn't want his plan to be undone by man's unbelief. God did not want man's plan to be undone by man's unbelief got to cooperate with God. Obviously, it matters what you and I say about our lives. If not, why in the world would this have ever even been there? It wouldn't have been here. And we have so many other scriptures to verify this, to support this as well, that our words matter, that our faith in Him matters. Jesus walked up, rode up on somebody one time, and they, or they came to Him, and disciples couldn't do it. He said, he says, do you believe I'm able to do this? He said, Lord, help my unbelief. Well, if Jesus just go around doing whatever he wanted to do, whenever he wanted to do it, then why does it matter what anybody's faith is? He can just do it apart from you. But so many instances in the Word of God is he didn't do it apart from you. He did it in connection with you, in cooperation with you, that you believed him and had trust and had faith in him, and so he was able to do it. Glory to God. Now, how do we know that Zacharias wasn't in faith? How do we know that he wasn't believing, other than it says you didn't believe his words? How how did Zacharias reveal that he didn't believe this quite? He said it was his words. How can I know, how can I know this? For I am old and my wife is advanced in years. Friends, our words reveal our belief and our unbelief. Our words reveal unbelief in our lives sometimes. 
Our words are a great uh, locator, if you will, in our lives. To help us locate where we're at. God is saying, listen, I want to work with you, not work against you. And I want you to work with me, not work against me. I'm trying to do something for you. But our words reveal our unbelief. Why? Because our words are connected to what we're looking at. Our words are connected to what we're looking at. What was Zacharias looking at? How? I'm old. She's advanced in years. I mean, Lord, you know my age and you know my wife. God love her. She's not a spring chicken. What do you think is going to happen here? What's he looking at? He's looking at, listen, as soon as God gave the promise, here's what happened. This is his downfall. Listen, as soon as he gave the promise, Zacharias started trying to figure out how it could happen. And that is where you and I can go right into unbelief. Friends, we can have belief in this moment. Get all encouraged. Read some verses of Scripture. Read a few verses of Scripture. Get encouraged and thank God for it. And Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. And man, then all of a sudden we start thinking, well, now how could that happen? How could that come to pass? How could I be healed? I've heard all these years. I mean, you heard what the doctor said. How, how could I have, you know, how could God bless me? How could I have a greater job than I have now? How could I do this? How could I do that? All of a sudden, we start wondering, how could this happen? Friends, if you're not careful, you spend so much time trying to think how God will bring about His promises, you'll walk yourself right out from faith into unbelief. And that's what got Zacharias in trouble because he was so fixated on how it will work. He wasn't supposed to wonder how it could happen. He's just supposed to believe it will. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But you and I get so wondering how this will be this way and how it will be that way that all of a sudden we begin to doubt God on things. Well, I know he said that, but how could he possibly do that for me in this economy? I know God may even promised that, you know what, we'd be able to get a house, but how could we do it with the interest rates the way they are now? You know, I know God said that, you know what, he would provide over this thing, but how is that even possible? They're cutting back hours at work. How? What are you doing? You're trying, it's unbelief. Listen, don't worry about the how. Just believe God. Hallelujah. You know what tripped me up for two weeks before I ever relented about starting Breakthrough Church? You've heard me tell the story about God visiting me in the night. And I don't mean a visitation like John or, or Zacharias had here. But he did speak to me in the night. I mean, so clearly. I know I can see it right now. I know exactly how I was, where I was. I can see it exactly. He spoke to me to start a church. Breakthrough Church. And for two weeks, approximately two weeks, that messed me up. Totally tripped me up. I go to where I would, I, there was this chair that I, that I used to have right here. It would sit in this one spot where I would go down into our basement and pray. And I would just, for almost approximately two weeks, I'd just go there and sit. I didn't have nothing to say to him, and he didn't have nothing to say to me. <laughs> Probably because he had already told me, he had already talked to me. And you know what tripped me up for almost two weeks? How? That's what messed me up. How? 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 That's what I would sit there. That was my time. My time before him would be spent thinking, how? How can this be? How in the world, Lord? How, 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 how? That's all it is. It was all about how. How, how, how? Listen, he wasn't, he wasn't interested in talking to me about how. He was just interested in me obeying what he told me to do. 
And that's the thing about it. Listen, God don't ever tell you every little little thing that's going to happen. I mean, if I saw everything now, if what's happened and taking place, I'd be like, glory to God. Let's go ahead and praise God. Listen, no, it takes faith. He saw this, but I didn't see this. He didn't show me this. He just said, this is my word to you. Obey it or not. And it's a step of faith into the unknown, knowing that he's got you because it's his word. And every word he says is firm. It is settled. It's like walking on the firmest ground you can walk on, glory to God. It will not give under you. But you can't see it all. But how tripped me up. And I had to get out of unbelief of how, how could this be? I don't know. I don't know if I could do this because how will I provide for my family? I don't know if I can do this because how could I do this right? And I don't know. No, no, no. I'll just obey you. That's, our, that's what we've got to do. We've got to obey. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 9, it says this, Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. He's speaking to Jeremiah. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Glory be to God. He says, Jeremiah, I've given my words. And he says, I see an almond tree. Now, when he, said, when, he, when he said the word almond tree, he was indicating something that was the first tree of spring to bloom. In other words, it was some, an indicator of a changing of a season. You know how we do that even today, right? We look for certain things to change the season. Well, the seasons are changing, you know. Something's starting to bloom now. We're moving into spring and something's starting to die off now. We're moving into fall and, you know, all these kind of, we, we look for these little indicators. So they would have an indicator of the seasonal change. They would say, hey, look, that's starting to bloom. Look what's starting to happen here. There was a preparation of a new season, of something new that was coming. And when he said that, God used that almost as a play on of his words and saying, just like you're sitting there watching for that, so I am watching for my word to perform it. In other words, I am on the scan. I'm watching for my word. I'm looking for it to see if I can bring about a new season in your life. I can begin to perform. That word perform means to do or to take action with. The Hebrew would say, I am, I, the Hebrew uh, says it like this, that I'm watching over my word to do it. I'm watching over my word, what to do it. I'm keeping watch over my word to fulfill it. You know, when you sit, you go to a doctor's office or, you know, uh, dentist's office or maybe DMV back in the day, I think now you get like a number and they call you, but you know, they call your name. You're waiting for, to hear your name called, right? Oh, that's my name. Let's go. My turn. And you're sitting there. You're looking for it. You're listening for it. Let's be honest with you. You're sitting in that doctor's office, and you're waiting for your name to be called, and they call somebody else, and you're like, hold on a minute. They got here after me. Well, they didn't call in there for it. You know, you know, you know you've been there, right? You start wondering, hold up. I was here before them. I was here before them. Oh, what's going on now? You know what I'm saying? You got to stay in, stay in the spirit there, don't you? What are you doing, though? You're watching for your word. And God is sitting on his throne. This very moment, this very hour, he is listening and watching for his word to come forth and be released from the lips of men and women, glory to God, that he might do it, that he might perform it, that he might bring about his promise and fulfillment in their lives of what he has said over their lives. 
And so here he comes and to, 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 to Zacharias and he says, because you didn't believe my words, listen, you're going to be silent. You're not going to talk. Well, I don't want you disrupting what I'm trying to do. I don't want you to undo what I'm doing. Recently, we had a, recently our dog passed away. And her favorite, one of her favorite pastimes, one of her favorite hobbies was to knock all the pillows off the couch. And Kim go around and she put them up just right. You know how you get, you know, decorative pillows for the season or this or that or you have different pillows that you want up there, you know. And you put them all right and, and you might even try to put them in place so it'll be comfortable and nice and good for the dog and whatever else. But she, you know, she had a, she had a vendetta against pillows. <laughs> Square objects were the source of hatred of her life, man, I'm telling you. And she'd take her little paw and just whack them things off her, man. Not a little bit. Not just kind of nudge. No, they're gone off this thing. How dare you put that pillow on my couch? Did I tell you put that on my couch? I did not tell you, but that's exactly how she'd act. And you know, in our lives, we're like that. With our words. God's trying to work something out in our lives. He's trying to do something in our lives. He's trying to set things in order in our life. John, I'm trying to, uh, Zacharias, I'm trying to give you a son. You're going to name him John. He's going to do great things for me. He's putting a pillow on there. He's going to get pregnant. He's going to put a pillow on there. You're going to give birth a pillow on there. He's going to do great things and put a pillow on there. And everything we do with our lives is we begin to say, how could that be? I'm old and this is happening. Every time we do that, we're like knocking a pillow off. God is trying to set something up for us and we just knock it down with our word. You have to align your words with God's word. What does he say about the situation? And when you and I come into perfect alignment, it'll go right in. Hallelujah. It'll work just like it is. It's like a, you ever try to lock a door? One of those old bolts, you know, and you pick it up there and you lock it. If it's not lined up, right, it won't go in. But if you line it up, it'll go right in. No problem. And you and I, and our problem is, we just get things misaligned with what we say. And all of a sudden, we're saying something different than he's saying. And when that happens, it's like trying to put that bolt over. And it won't go. It won't go. It won't go. It won't go into that receiver. Why? Why? It's not lined up. But if you and I will get our words lined up, if we'll, say, we'll stay in alignment with what he says, glory to God, we will see his promises fulfilled in our lives. I mean, if somebody blessed you and gave you $100, you wouldn't turn around and just rip that Benjamin too, would you? No. But we do that so much if, as the people of God. We hear what God is saying. We understand the promises that God has given. He hands it to us and gives us. And we turn it right around. And we just rip up God's Benjamins just like that. Like it was nothing to us. And we don't realize that we're undoing what he's trying to do with our words. Now John, or excuse me, Luke chapter 1. Let's look at the end of the story. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 57. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed His great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. I mean, that's a typical way of how children would be named. So they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. Of course, he can't speak at this moment. So he says, and he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows. His name is John. 
And why would you think he might say that? What did the angels say his name is going to be? John. What did God say his name was supposed to be? John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was open and his tongue loosed and he began to speak in praise of God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. He was put back to where he was. Why? He learned to speak what God said. He learned to line his words with his, line, his words. It don't matter what he thought. It don't mean, it didn't matter if he's supposed to be Zach, Zach Jr., Zachy, Zacharias. No, no, no. His name is John. I'm just saying what God says. Hallelujah. And I, listen, Zacharias learned his lesson. So much so, just a few verses after that, God gives him more of his words to say. He begins to prophesy and say all kinds of God's words. Hallelujah. Oh, friends, you and I need to be like that. We need to align our words with God's word. Hallelujah. What is God's word under your life? What's he said to you on the inside of you? You need to say that about your situation. What's he said from the word of God? What promises he made in the Bible to you? You need to say that about your situation. And watch out and put a guard over your mouth to any word that would be uttered, that would be unbelief or doubting or uncertainty. What God has said, we want to say. Because when we speak his word, he's looking to perform it. Hallelujah. And our words are an indicator. They're a locator of what we believe and what we don't believe. Just like it was for Zacharias. Words are a locator. Sometimes I'll ask people, I, I, I ask questions. I might even already know the answer. But I'll ask them why. It's not so I'll know. I just want to know what you know. What do you believe about what you I understand we're about to pray. You want us to pray together. I know what I'm about to pray for. And I have a confidence as I pray what I believe and expect will happen. What I'm asking is what do you think will happen? And you can listen for that. How we speak about certain situations in our life. Friends, let a guard be over our mouth. And may the Spirit of God prompt us anytime we get out of alignment with what God says about our situation. Because we want to stay in perfect alignment with what He is saying, what He has spoken, what He has declared, so that we can see the promise to our lives fulfilled. Just like Zacharias and Elizabeth saw the promise of John fulfilled in their lives, so God makes promises to all of us. Personal things maybe in your life, but certainly generally from the Word of God. Truths that are found in here. But friends, we must take those things, see His promise fulfilled in our life. And one of the ways that we do that is, friends, we're faithful in every season of life. And secondly, friends, listen, we align our words with what God says about it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Please take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. This helps us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and ensures you will never miss a message. For more information on Breakthrough Church, please check us out on Facebook or email us at info at findbreakthrough.com. Breakthrough is located at 480 Old Kentucky Road in Cookville, Tennessee, and we would love for you to join us in person. Services are at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings and 6.30 Wednesday nights. We offer ministry for all ages and look forward to seeing you soon.